What is up, guys and gals? Welcome to episode number 136 of the Nonsense Review. I am your host, as always, Devon, and joining me equally as always is Rick. Hello, everybody. Uh, now, if the roles were reversed and Rick knew stuff about what we were doing and I didn't, I'm sure he'd do a fun Hannibal Lecter quote. Unfortunately, Rick knows dog shit. I know Hello Clarice, and I know the bit about uh, I eat his liver with fava beans and wash it down with a nice Chianti. Do you know what the funny thing is? Hello, hello, Clarice is the Darth Vader effect, Rick. It doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the Chianti one, though, I do know is uh, not actually a classy wine. But because of this movie, people started wanting it more and it became more pricey because of it. That's fair. And, uh, yeah. Uh, in case you haven't been clued in already, our theme for the month is pretty much Hannibal Lecter shit. And today we're going to watch, I would argue, and I think many people would argue, is the best Hannibal Lecter to film The Silence of the Lambs. Well, it was essentially the original. Uh, I mean, technically, I mean, maybe. I don't know what order the books came out in, but Manhunter or Mindhunter or something like that was actually the first film. Uh, they tried to... Uh, was it? Yeah, they tried to uh, adapt Red Dragon first, and the film did abysmal... That came out in 1986, if I recall, which is five years before this film, and it right. did not do well, so they scrapped it, didn't continue it, and they started again with Silence of the Lambs and Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter. And then retroactively went and did Red Dragon in like 2001. Uh, yeah, 2002. 2002. Yeah. yeah. Um, the only book that's been adapted twice. Sure. You know how Rick gets all excited and can share a bunch of shit about Star Wars? Well, now it's my chance to shine, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we will be doing Silence of the Lambs. It's a long movie, so buckle up, guys. Uh, that said, if you're familiar with the podcast, you know that what we like to do before we get into the nitty-gritty of our review is we like to talk about our weeks and the goings-on in the wide, wide universe. So, with that in mind, Rick, how's your week been, buddy? One thing that has happened in the world is Disgaea 7 came out, so that's what I've been playing since it came out. Um, it's been fine so far. It's walked back on a few of the unpopular things that Disgaea 6 did. Uh, it's still 3D, but the character models seem like they're just that little bit bigger so it looks less cartoony although maybe Zed was a culprit of this because he was small um, and just generally feels good so far. Uh, there seems to be a lot of diversity and I'm having a good time. Yeah, I did see that a bunch of units that got scrapped have made a comeback which is always good. One of my favourite things about Disgaea is there was a lot of bullshit wacky character archetypes you could use so that was a bit of a blow for Six. Yes, yes. Um, when they removed things, they removed a lot of diversity. But weapons skills are back so characters can do things like thank fuck honestly one, one of my go-to's was um giving fist to a thief so they could do two things they could knock things off the um they could knock gate guardians off the gates with uh repositioning fist skills and be a thief and just generally work that way they've now brought out brought back the male thief who does exactly that he's a uh, he's a he's a thief with a fist proficiency so uh, they took my idea and made it into a class and he looks cool are you gonna do what what our friend does where he says i had this idea they stole it from me and it's like yeah <laughs> they don't know who you are and you never shared this idea before now what the fuck are you on about <laughs> although i did have one one friend who said that uh, they stole rouge the bat from her and <laughs> Sometimes it's funny, and then sometimes it's just sad. I feel like the Rouge the Bat comment must have been tongue-in-cheek, surely. But yeah, it's been good so far. Uh, Zeno Robinson, 
puts in a great performance as uh, Shogun Yeyasu. And uh, and yeah, I'll uh, I'll see how it goes because I'm only still early game. There's about thirteen thousand people on Steam last time I saw. Uh, Fiona and Cake has finished its uh, ten episode run, and in my opinion, it's definitely worth watching. I think it's a better time than the Distant Lands mini movies from Adventure Time, uh, but it does reference those as well, so they're essentially um, required reading. Mushoku Tensai uh, finished as well, along with pretty much everything else from last anime season. We're now in the transitionary period where new things are starting and a couple of old things are still finishing but I will say that Mushoku Tensai Series 2 Part 1 was easily my personal best of the previous season well I, I don't really keep up to date with anime unless there's something I'm actively watching Rick so you're going to give a rundown or are we just going to leave it at that Mushoku Tensai is the father, the, the grandfather of all isekai anime and hadn't didn't get made into an anime until like very recently yeah nearly everything took something either from this or from something that came after this to feed themselves in in the form of tropes like the guy got uh, killed in his in his life and he was a loser in life and now he's got the chance to turn it around he doesn't really get the OP ability except that he knows how to think when he's a baby and he starts like training magic from like A2 but the big problem I see with this is you, you mentioned that it was like the grandfather of Isekai and if it didn't get an adaptation until this season I can imagine a lot of people watching it immediately almost immediately tuning out because it's like ah I was seen this shit before, not knowing that well, you've seen this shit before, but it started here. Yeah. The other thing is that because of that, people are actually rather um, refreshed in that it's it takes a slow pace because um, it, it could afford to. It was the first one that did this kind of story. The other ones that came after it tend to take a much faster pace. They tend to skip over being a child. Like the first season was pretty much uh, the first half of season one was him being a kid, and it ended um, for the gap around when he was like nine years old. Yeah. Yeah, second half of season one is like 9 to 13. Okay, I hate that. Uh, That's a concept. <laughs> sure. Yeah, other things. MS Paint, of all things, turning into Photoshop. So it's getting layers, which is the big thing that Photoshop has had since like 1997. It's getting Dolly integration, which is their AI, which has also been uh, opened up to the public. Uh, I've been able to make some really fun in images with this. Uh, anyone can try it. They also have an ethical AI ethos where, as far as I'm aware, anyone can just submit their their details and have themselves removed from the database for uh, the purpose of um, generations and um, like the data set, you know? It'd be nice if that was uh, honest. However, there'll be trickery involved, I guarantee it. What they want you to do, if you're an artist, is put your name forward to be promoted this way. You can say, uh, put Akira Toriyama style, and it will draw your thing like as if it was from something in Dragon Ball. Uh, they want you to have a distinct enough style and put your name forward and like the AI enough that um, you can be recognized as a keyword and that will try to use your style. But yeah, what it's actually going to be used for is people withdrawing their consent. But they do watermark everything, so it's very obvious that it's been made by Bing. Good. It's, uh, it's also very high quality. If they drive other competitors out of the market due to A, quality, and B, public opinion, good. Because the other ones are being pretty scummy right now. It's always been a predatory practice, and I, I keep fighting for ethical use of AI. I still don't think this sort of thing works. I feel like AI should be a tool for an artist, not someone to just type something in and get what they want, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, getting what you want is kind of okay if you're just using it for yourself and not 
doing anything with it not not you know um making a profit off it like you say things should be tools should be tools and uh, what you said last week about the um the writers guild uh contract i think that's the way that it should be with all creatives that the creative can choose to do it but the person hiring them cannot ask them to yeah yeah uh, i still don't think like i know you're so i know you're a, i know you muck about with ai and i know you're like oh it's a personal use it's fine even then i don't entirely agree with it we differ on that point and that's fine but um yeah you know, I, I just feel like, like, dude, if you want artwork, pay an artist. Yeah. So Starfield came out while I was away, and it's now a month old. We never really chatted about it. But uh, the other thing that uh, that Bethesda has brought out is Elder Scrolls Castles. This came out to absolutely no fanfare. The fuck is this? Yeah, it's. Uh, have you heard of Fallout Shelter? Oh fuck off! Yeah, no, I'm I'm aware of that. So it's that, but Elder Scrolls flavored. Yeah, that's why it came out to no fanfare. The Knights of the Old Republic remake has now had all evidence pointing to it removed by Sony. The trailer is hidden, and they've done their best to like sweep it under the rug. Therefore, might not be happening at all anymore. And tangentially related to that, the Bioware employees that unionized in August, Bioware decided not to renew the contract of the people who unionized and became essentially third party employed I'm shocked yeah didn't renew the contract in August in September they got let go and now they are suing for unpaid severance good luck to them I don't think they'll get it yes yes the thing that really bugs me is this is Bioware and not EA as a whole that's done this to them yeah, okay, but for all intents and purposes, Rick, the Bioware you know and love has been dead since EA bought them because all of the talent went to Obsidian. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, Bioware is uh, is a pleasant memory, not a living corpse. And um, that's it from me, apart from one thing, something that I'd stolen from you somewhat. This is not a wrestling podcast. Yeah, you, you mentioned that you had this on your notes for this week, and I've been curious ever since. <laughs> so this is something that I just found out in my travels across the internet this week. Randy Orton yeah. of WWE has paid someone $1,000 to give himself a fuck ton of runes in Elden Ring. Oh yeah, I saw this, and I just, I thought it was bullshit. <laughs> I thought it was a bullshit story, go on. Yeah, so his uh, his quote is, It's fucking hard. I paid a guy a thousand bucks to give me infinite runes so I could level to a hundred right away. I love that game, though. It's awesome. But no, I couldn't deal with that bullshit, so I just paid a guy to give me a bunch of runes. <laughs> okay, on the one hand, fair enough. Can't really fault it. On the other hand, boy, boy, could you imagine if uh, FromSoft was a more scummy company? Yeah, like, that would have been just the price to get to that level for anybody. <laughs> well, no, no, it wouldn't, have, it wouldn't have been that. It probably would have been cheaper if they did it as a proper business model because they'd want more people to do it rather than a few big fish, I imagine. But, yeah, yeah, yeah it's one of those things where the, the culture in WWE or wrestling in general is great nowadays because back in the 80s and 90s, you'd have horror stories of people going back to their hotel rooms and doing a mountain of blow. Uh, and nowadays it's just, no, nah, we just play PlayStation. <laughs> yeah. You go home, play PlayStation. <laughs> I've brought up the uh, the New Day many times because they are big fucking nerds, but Xavier Woods in particular has a briefcase that is super fucking hard and sturdy. Nothing's getting into this briefcase, and all it is is his console. That's all it holds. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, uh, that's it for me and my week and what I have seen out in the universe. How about you, and how have you been? I've already touched upon it a little bit already, but um, Mortal Kombat 1, uh, I started talking about this last week. I finally finished the story mode, right? Okie dokie. It's a fun time. It's a really fun story. It's fucking stupid, but I love it. Uh, we're doing time again. Okay. Uh, it turns out the person who I thought was the villain from the previous game, Kronika, was not Kronika. It was, guess what, Shang Tsung again. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, 
know Shang Tsung's big gimmick has always been he's a shapeshifter. He can look like whoever the fuck he wants to look like. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, the in his timeline, Shang Tsung became the Lord of Time, as opposed to Liu Kang's. Oh, turns out every single story mode ending in MK11 is canon. Oh, alright. Everybody who became Lord of Time because of their ending is the Lord of Time in their own timeline. Because Liu Kang has to assemble all the warriors, I shit you not, endgame style. <laughs> He summons them in, and here's all the good versions of all the characters. Let's fuck up evil Shang Tsung. <laughs> uh, I was so Man. curious because they they show you how many chapters are in the story and chapter 14 was Liu Kang and I was like hang on there's another chapter how the fuck is Liu Kang not the final character Rick in the final chapter you get to choose your character ah nice R- a reversal of fates that because he summoned everyone yeah you pick the one that you like the best pretty much it also explains why you can play a Shao Kahn in the final which is weird mm. um, but yeah it's it's just fun I, I was freaking out every five seconds during the final chapter chapter which if you played mk9 it's set on the ziggurat yeah yeah so you're, you're assailing that and the, the creators of the game mad bastards that they are made all of these character models for throw away stupid character concepts uh it was just so dumb it was great um i recommend watching the final cinematic the, the final chapter cinematics are great it's funny mm. Uh, we end with the uh, uh, the stinger for who the villain's going to be for probably either the DLC story or next game, and that's uh, it's Titan Havoc, which I don't fucking know why, but whatever. It's different. <laughs> yep, yep. I will just... Um, I, I complained about the game a little bit last week. I'm going to do that again this week in that uh, they've released a patch, so maybe it'll be less bad. But like a lot of games in this generation, uh, it's constantly online, even if you're not playing online. Sure. Which isn't a problem, except the servers are a bit shit. And the other day I was doing the classic tower to get a character ending for Baraka, and I was one fight away from the final fight, so I'd fought eight people at this point, and I was quite ready to finish the game. And you've lost connection to the MK servers. And I was like, what? It's like, try again later. I'm like, okay. I tried again later, thinking foolishly that perhaps it saved my progress. It did not. No, 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 man. What a kick in the bollock. It was very annoying. I was very annoyed that day. And I didn't play Mortal Kombat for for about three days after. But yeah, it's a good game. I'd recommend it. It's uh, It's got its flaws, but it, it's just modern day video game flaws rather than specific to Mortal Kombat 1. Mm. Uh, in other news, Ahsoka finished. Yeah, you said that it was a 9 out of 10. I, yeah, 10 out of 10 means it's perfect and I could not think of anything that would make it better. There were a few things I could think of that would make this series better. However, I don't care. It was still good. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. That's uh, that's good to hear. And um, we will be very soon resubscribing to Disney Plus as a family and be able to catch up on Ahsoka and start Loki. Yeah, Loki is out today, by the way, as of recording. I've not watched the first episode. I've found since Ahsoka, taking it in two episode chunks is, is the easiest way to actually consume this shit. Yeah. I will say this, Ray Stevens gave the performance of a lifetime. Yes. I'm very happy for him. Uh, as much good as that does does him, you know what I mean? But he, he performed his role very well. Uh, turns out I do know him from something else. Oh? Uh, he played Blackbeard in Black Sails. Okay. And uh, he did that very well as well, so... <laughs> sure, sure. I will say this, Rick, and I'll, I'll tell you the exact moment once you've caught up, but there is a moment in the final episode that legitimately made me tear up. Oh, well, okay. I'll, uh... I'm not going to tell you what it was, but once you get there, you'll either know what it was straight away, or you'll be like, I wonder what made Devin f- get all teary-eyed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you've seen more of... Um... 
Clone Wars than I have, haven't you? And Rebels and all that. Uh, I haven't watched any Rebels. I've watched the one episode that finishes up Maul's and Obi-Wan's story because that's epic. Yeah, ditto. Rick, you ready for some news? Yeah, let's go. Rick, Hadrian's Wall. There's an iconic sycamore tree that has been cut down for no real reason. Ah, uh, Jesus. Some teenager slash child slash yobbo decided to cut down a tree and if their goal was to get no, no, uh, you know, an emblance of fame or infamy in this case, then job done. But like this sycamore tree has been there forever. I don't know why the person did it and apparently neither can anyone really find out why because it's such a senseless thing to do. Yeah. It's even worse than like cutting off uh, Jebediah Springfield's head because this is an actual tree. This is a, a thing in the world that's now dead because of this one fucking idiot. They, they think they've caught the person, but it, honestly, the, the tree was massive. It must have taken more than one person to do in a night, surely. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, I, I digress. It's just a, a sad state of affairs, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not to be tree-hugging, love it all, but like, why the fuck are you cutting down a tree? For no reason. It wasn't in the way of anything. It was by Hadrian's fucking wall. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, anyway, uh, Rick, Patreon. Patreon. What's what? What are the what are Patreon doing right now? They've changed their logo. Have they? Yeah. <laughs> it was a line and a circle to make a sort of a P, and now it's just a blob. Okay. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have a look at this blob. Yeah. Just t- go on Patreon right now. Look at the logo and see why it's a fucking stupid decision to change their logo to this. Okay. So uh, the blob has a P in it. Does it? It didn't yesterday. Uh, yeah. Apparently it does now. It's a. Um, it looks like a pin that you'd stick in Google Maps. But you can quite easily put a P in it. Okay, uh, I was looking on the Wikipedia version, and um, yeah, the blob with a P uh, is the Wikipedia one, but then if you go to Patreon, yeah, it, lo- it looks like an earbud. It's a little black blob, and it makes no sense, because it's not recognisable as anything. It's in the vague shape of a P, but it, I, to say it's a P is generous. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, hmm. It looks more like a Samsung bean. <laughs> uh, in other news, Rick, Naughty Dog tries to quietly cut stuff. Did they? Okay, who made it loud? Uh, everyone. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming the staff. <laughs> Naughty Dog let go about 25 members of staff, which is not insignificant. Uh, mostly from QA, which is even weirder. Um, and yeah, they were like uh, doing their best to suppress this news getting out, allegedly. And uh, yeah, the news got out. Uh-huh. Bad Naughty Dog, don't do this. <laughs> Like, video game industry is a cutthroat industry as it is, but, you know, trying to let go of a big sect- amount of staff and then just being like, don't let no one know, though, is fucking audacious at best. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, like, Naughty Dog's not a small studio. They're owned directly by Sony at these days, so, anyway. Rick, we're watching Silence of the Lambs today. Yeah, so we're watching Silence of the Lambs, the uh, the original, some would say, and uh, many would still say the best of the Hannibal Lecter movies and or things that were made into movies. So if you'd like to watch along with us at home, it's uh, three, two, one, and go. To be fair, I've not watched Hannibal Rising, but it's not got Anthony Hopkins in it, so I'm kind of like, mm, maybe, uh, maybe it's good, maybe it's shit. Yeah. Uh, I'm just gonna get this. And I fact. wouldn't know. I'm just gonna get this fact out of the way. Um, Anthony Hopkins is the person who's acted for the second shortest amount of time and still got on the uh, Oscar for uh, best actor. Huh. So, uh, yeah. Like. Why did he did he just not become an actor until like way later in his um in his life or something? Screen time, Rick, in this movie. Oh, screen time in the movie. Okay, okay. 
Sorry, I realise I may have worded it a bit confusingly, but uh, it's a fact everybody knows, so I'm just going to get it out of the way. (laughs) (laughs) I have to adjust my laptop screen because the lighting's a bit shit. As in the lighting in my room, not on the movie. Yeah, and I just had to uh, change the um, the what call it the 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 sound balance because I was hearing fucking nothing. Oh, I got you. Yeah, I also turned mine down way too low. <laughs> yeah, I, be- I believe this uh, this film won a lot of awards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, I can't remember if uh, Hannibal Lecter's in this film for 15 minutes or 18 minutes. It's between those two margins. So, given the fact it's a two-hour-long movie, it's not a lot of screen time, and yet it's definitely the most memorable part of the film. Hmm. In case you didn't know, this is uh, this is our protagonist. It's uh, uh, Clarice Sterling. The one and only Clarice, yep. Played by Jodie Foster, right? And she gets she gets dramatic music to sh- I think so, yeah. She gets dramatic music to show that you should take this seriously. Yeah, we we're not privy to this right now in the moment of the film, but this is her going through some of her FBI training. Okay. Oh, my subtitles are out of whack. Yeah, so are mine. It's fine. Well, it's fine for now, but there'll be moments later on where that's going to spoil some shit. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if it's subtitles or closed captions, because closed captions will be funnier. I want to see what they do for Hannibal Lecter's... (laughs) Did that even come over Discord? I'm wondering. Yeah, the flip... I know what you mean, though. The flip, 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 flip that he does with his... uh... With his tongue, yeah. Yeah, people say it's with your tongue, but it's kind of more with your teeth. Yeah, lips and teeth, yeah, yeah. Oh, Howard Shore, I think he did the uh, Lord of the Rings soundtrack as well. Maybe. I'm, I'm being honest with you, unless you... Yeah, a couple you're... of seconds ago, in case... Uh... <laughs> unless your name's... There's, there's uh... a lot of names popping up, and they're like most of the things to look at, so... <laughs> Unless your name's John Williams, uh, I don't really pay attention to uh, uh, composers for films. I should, but I don't. Yeah, I know Danny Elfman. (laughs) Uh, I know Alan Silvestri, and I know Howard Shaw, and that's about it. You know, obviously outside of John Williams. Yeah. Boy, that must be unnerving as fuck, innit, as a work environment. Yeah, being the only one not wearing a red sweater, yeah. I, I'm, <laughs> you know what I meant. Yeah, being the uh, the only woman and the only one under six foot. Yeah. Um, you, you'll probably recognise Crawford because we saw him in the Hannibal series. I mean, not the actor, he's played by a completely different bloke, but... Sure, sure.
It's all just establishing shots right now, so yeah, I'm trying to fill the void for our listening audience. Yeah, it's, um, I'm sure watching it without having to react is a much more intense experience. I have the lights on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I feel like it's a good time to address it. In general, I don't actually like horror films. But I feel like this franchise in general is, is just a pretty decent one. Yeah, yeah, like, you, you you strip away the gore, and it's no longer horror. Oh, it's still pretty fucking horrible. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's awful, but... <laughs> well, Rick, this film's a 15. It's not even 18. Yeah, yeah. Because when, uh, when she puts the lotion on the skin... Doesn't that character also survive, the one that uh, has been kidnapped for uh, the most of the movie? Uh, yes, I believe so. Uh, Rick, I'll turn, yeah. your, t- turn your subtitles off. Yeah, they're, they're garbage, yeah. <laughs> like, it was actually distracting me. So, um, we don't really get this context till much later, but it's kind of implied behind the scenes that, um, originally Jack would have asked Will Graham to do this, but, uh, as you'll see when we get to Red Dragon, there's a very real reason why Graham doesn't want anything to do with this anymore. Yeah, wasn't he, um, like a a failed victim of Hannibal at one point? Will Graham? Yeah. No, um... No, there, there's a point where Will Graham's in his office and he sort of clicks together the final clues that Hannibal is the Chesapeake Ripper. And so Hannibal's like, oh, I have to kill you now. And they have a struggle and Will Graham happens to win the struggle. And if I say anything sure, sure. else, it will actually spoil Red Dragon. Okay, okay. You see, one of the problems with this film, and Anthony Hopkins addresses it um, when he plays, when he reprises the role of Hannibal Lecter, is that a lot of people get the wrong takeaway from this film, they- and they see Hannibal as a anti-hero rather than a villain. Oh yeah, yeah, um, and people um, also taking the definition of psychopath from Hannibal being called one. I mean, to be yeah, fair, like, to, to be fair, I think the term psychopath does actually apply to um, Hannibal. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I suppose, yeah. Because I think it, at its core, it's just someone who uh, doesn't feel empathy in any way, isn't it? He doesn't see people as people. Yeah. I can't help but notice they've misspelled lector in the subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah, this is um, from an era where charm school still existed. From what? Charm schools. Uh, it's basically a uh, finishing school for well-to-do ladies. Oh, okay. When they were expected to just become um, high-class housewives. Yeah. But not even housewives. These were the ones that would have the they would have the staff do things. Yep. 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 At that point, why would you not put him down? Okay, because they, they've kind of alluded to it. This guy here, specifically, wants to study him. Sure, okay. That's one of the main reasons. Uh, they're, also so, in a, they're also in a state which doesn't have um, the, the death penalty. Death penalty, yeah. So, but yeah, uh, you've probably yeah, seen enough, the scene enough. of uh, Hannibal standing behind the glass... Cell. Uh, mm. That was entirely. I've seen bits of this movie in the past, so. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, the whole reason why he's got glass wall instead of bars is beca- literally just because the director was like, "Oh boy, this scene looks shit with bars in the way." <laughs> <laughs> and it just so oh happened oh to boy. make the, everything look ten times cooler at the same time. Hmm. Now, I might be wrong, but I believe this is the guy who's uh, the only actor who's been in all of the Hannibal films, apart from Rising, including the um, okay, the, uh, the 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 failed Mindhunter one. Okay, okay. Good guy, Barney. Uh, Barney is probably the closest thing to a good guy on in this facility team. He still works for Dr. Dick, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so as you can see, Hannibal's not the only one in this high... Um, um, high security area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, if you want to talk about iconic lines, that one's pretty up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm very sorry for being quiet, audience, but this is legitimately the best eight minutes of the movie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
Yeah, don't get near the glass. Inviting jump scare. God, that's an unnerving shot. It is. Uh, Anthony Hopkins went on record as saying that he had a friend who um, only ever blinked when he uh, on purpose, so that like he didn't. It looked like he never blinked. So um, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. He took that as I've inspiration. I've already noticed that. Yeah. So whenever you see him blink, that's Anthony Hopkins doing it on purpose. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. Like I, I noticed it when he. I noticed it when he looked looked down. Yeah. And that was basically he's uh, looked away, and that's when he blinks. There we are. <laughs> Which I don't think is a brand that exists anymore. <laughs> no, no. I mean, for us, Evian is, um, you spell it backwards and it's naive. And that's what you have to be to buy bottled water, or at least when bottled water first came out. Okay. Yeah, bottled water turned out to be way more profitable than people thought what they thought it was ever going to be. It works in the south because our water tastes like shit from the tap. Yep, yep. It also works in other countries with uh, very hard water, where uh, where the tap water is basically not super drinkable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is one of those uh, listening to the plot moments. Yeah, to be fair, I, I quietened down because you were t- we were talking about hard water in different countries while Lecter was giving one of the best fucking speeches in the film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, it it must... helps that we have the subtitles on. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, it must be um, really fucking depressing if your in-joke becomes the nickname of a serial killer that's actually quite threatening. Yes, 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 yes.
That's a nice little play on words. Hmm. Man, I'm looking forward to editing this and seeing yeah. a big old fucking blank space between the two of us, and I'll be like, oh, that was when Lecter was talking. <laughs> <laughs> man, man, you're roboting out of your mind. Am I? Sorry. Yeah. There we are. That's uh, that's his um, professional pride as a respect giver. <laughs> well, it's literally, if you're courteous to me, he'll be courteous to you. But they establish it more in the Hannibal series, but one of the big things that uh, Lecter works on is mutual respect. Yeah. yeah. Am, I st am I still roboting for you? Um, a little bit, but um, it was a lot better that time. Like, there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. Yeah, me either. It's the internet. It's what comes with uh, the two co-hosts being 200 miles apart from each other. And, you know, using Discord as a... Uh, as a communication method. Like, uh, everyone gives uh, Anthony Hopkins the uh, the credit for this movie, and rightly so, because he fucking nails it whenever he's on screen, but, like, Jodie Foster fucking nails it just as much. Yeah. Yeah, she carries it a lot more as well. Oh, yeah, she's in a lot more of the film, too, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm meaning. Like quite clearly picking on her because that dude is was ex just as careless. Yep, and he got the uh, he got the, he got the good uh, good job. <laughs> I'm assuming that's going to be something that pops up later as well. Checking the corner, <laughs> it might be. Oh man, pre-internet fucking going through the records must have been hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he drove a crazy person to suicide. Yeah.
Huh. That's a shit name for a self-storage place. I bet whoever came up with that in-universe thought they were so fucking clever. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the B-sharps in Simpsons, isn't it? Something that sounds really fun the first time you hear it, and it's less and less clever the more you hear it. <laughs> yeah. Like, they had um, they had that conversation for Blackadder Goes Forth, where when they named Captain Darling Captain Darling, they were like, now, is this going to still be funny the tenth time we say it? And the answer was yes. Yeah, because it's Stephen Fry saying it. <laughs> Must be doing okay that he can afford a fucking driver on a self-storage lot for salary. Granted, he probably owns it, but yeah. you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the good old owning class. Something I will say when you do a deep dive of the behind the scenes of this movie, there's a lot of moments, mostly with Anthony Hopkins himself, but other actors do it as well, where they ad-lib and add stuff on the fly that just works. Sure, sure. Which is something that is depressingly absent from films nowadays. Yeah, because normally that just completely gets cut, yeah. You know yeah, what? It's one of those. Like a lot of the time, like the the overarching powers that be will make it so that they don't want any, um, any ad lib at all. They just want their brand to be preserved. Yeah, I think the most notorious example right now uh, in modern memory that sticks out. Granted, this is like four years ago now. It feels like was um, Sebastian Stan pointing out that. Uh, this doesn't feel like a very satisfying end to Bucky and Steve's relationship, uh, to which the directors just went, we don't care. Man. Man. Oh boy. Because, you know, some t- believe it or not, actors, yes, they can just read your script, but sometimes you pay an actor because of what they can bring and add and enhance. And a lot of the time, that's care. Yeah. Uh, just as an aside, man, the bollocks on Clarice, because I wouldn't fucking roll into this fucked up garage. No, definitely not at night time. I don't care if it's daytime or nighttime. If there's no guaranteed way of getting out, I would go insane. Yep, yep. Fuck, I told you the submarine story, well, didn't he... I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the other guy knows that she's in there, so if you don't come out, then he knows that uh, something's done a fucky-wucky. Yeah, okay, but my point being, if, like, if they were like, we won't be able to get help till the morning, which is eight hours away, I, would, I wouldn't I would be able to go in there knowing that's a possibility. Sure, sure. Also, I'd be hesitant to touch anything because you know, like, you, there's a chance you open up a book and there's a giant spider running along. <laughs> Or a moth pops out. 
a moth I'd freak out at the movement and then go, oh, it's a fucking moth. But, uh... Yeah. That is apparently meant to be a character in uh, that is referenced in Red Dragon. Okay. I wouldn't know. It's it's implied, and the director says that's who it's meant to be, but, uh, you know. Like, yeah, it's one of those, they went too far with show, don't tell. You had his attention, now you have his interest. Here's basically the letter going, oh, well done, Clarice. Now get ready for a jump scare in a minute. In case you didn't know, Hannibal Lecter's got a really good sense of smell. Hmm. I will say this, this um this film came under fire at the time for its depiction of homosexuals, which the uh, director mm. has since apologised for, because it wasn't his intent, but looking back at it, he can see why people did not approve. Uh, it has recently come under fire again, and I say recently, this was like early 2000s that it came under fire, about its uh, treatment of uh, transgendered people. And it's like, I yeah, can, I guess, um, yeah, if, if you go about far enough, then transvestite was the only word for it because, um, you didn't have transgender people who actually went through, uh, reassignment surgery at all. Oh, well, weirdly enough, that, that, the, the point here does actually refer to, reass- uh, you know, surgery, not just transvestites, um, as in actually changing sure. gender. Uh, which you, you'll see more of once Buffalo Bill actually is shown on screen and they talk about him more. But um, yeah, I'm aw- I'm aware of the suit. It's also a very odd one because, like, yeah, I can see where they're cu- where they're coming from, but at the same mm. time, Hannibal Lecter says that he doesn't think Buffalo Bill is, and that's what causes some of the problems. It's very odd. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, we might be getting that revelation now that they've just mentioned transforming.
Yeah, so with him being not in the movie for like the most of it, it sounds like he's basically a um, a sandwich, as it were. Because I know he shows up at the end after he gets everything he wants. It's weird. He's kind of sprinkled throughout. He he does show up fairly regularly. His scenes feel longer than they are okay. because they're so captivating. Sure. Fucking love this song. I wish it wasn't in this context. (laughs) (laughs) Who the fuck hasn't done this in their car? Yeah, just turn it up and just bash the steering wheel as you're uh, bopping along, yeah. I will say oh, he's got night vision goggles. I will say this: a lot of the scenes involving Buffalo Bill become a bit more um, these early scenes, more so than the uh, later ones, um, do become a lot more grim when you see the parallels between his capture method and Ted Bundy's, who was a real life serial killer. Ooh yes, ooh yeah. hmm. Uh, this is what Ted Bundy used to do. do. He would uh, pretend to be struggling with something, ask a young girl to help him, and then bash him over the back of the head. Yeah. It's also why a lot of young ladies get told, um, don't help strangers. Yeah, because, uh, yeah. That stranger might be a psychopath. You look kind of handicapped. Okay, yeah. Like, it wasn't meant in a uh, in a um, insensitive way. You know, this film technically came out before I was born. Um, and it's one of those where I think some people who might have seen this in recent years as, with a modern eye being like, how the fuck would they get away with this? And it's like, this came out in 1991. It's set in like the 80s. Like, it was alarmingly easy yeah. for yeah, yeah. random people to just go missing. Yeah, like there weren't... Um... There weren't the amount of cameras that they are today. That's a uniquely British thing, by the way. Britain is very monitored by cameras. Like, yeah, there are there are, there are plenty of security cameras and CCTV in countries all about the world. But Britain, and specifically London, are notoriously littered with them. Yeah, yeah. 
It seems like a real um, ineffective way to train people. The is a lot of them are um, like disparately connected. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I guess they're training you to use riot shields. I don't know. It just seems rather ineffective. Whatever the fuck they were doing. I think they were just being the um, the bag holder for uh, for the for the guys who were actually punching. But why would you do it for multiple people and not have one on ones? So that the guys have a chance to rest in between punch outs. That's but that's ridiculous. You just pause. Like that's how all work how workouts work, Rick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, potentially just hazing that she has to go the entire time, whereas the guys go for essentially half the time each. I don't think that is hazing though, because ah, uh, whatever, man. It just it seemed dumb, whatever. Yeah, I do find this shit weirdly fascinating when you see the maps of uh, locations of where they went missing and where they were found because it does paint... It, it's surprising how well of a picture it paints. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because where the bodies are found tend to be quite a lot closer to the... Um to the guy's, um, got to the murderer's home or, um, place of operation. Whereas they can be abducted from anywhere. Yeah, but, like, most, the, the reason, <laughs> you're, you're talking about the average serial killer. The serial killers that operate for a long time and don't get caught are the smart ones. And where, you know, you know how you yes. like find people just find a body on the side of a fucking path, and they're like, "What the fuck?" They, yeah, it's, it's easier to solve yeah. those ones because again, again, one of the saving graces is a lot of criminals are actually idiots. It's only the smart ones that are, yes. are worrisome because they don't get caught. Mm-hmm, He's not wrong. Yeah. And Clarice should sort of know that. She's spent enough time with Lecter to know that Lecter's main MO is to amuse himself at this point. Yeah, like he is in control of every situation he's in, even when he's uh, the one in captivity. Well, there's a reason why there's so many special uh, exceptions given for how careful they handle Lecter because they know he is almost definitely the biggest fruit threat in any given room. Yes. This uh this used to be a problem as well with people like um 
well, like Ted Bundy and uh, and uh, mm. Wayne Gacy, in that um, they would operate in multiple states. And back in the day, there was yeah. no there was no shared database, and departments were reluctant to work with each other. And boy, it makes me angry just thinking about the historical accuracies of departments hating each other and therefore crimes being allowed to go on for longer. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's something that doesn't really happen outside of America, to my knowledge. No, ours is just gross incompetency. As opposed to, you know, yeah. feuding departments. <laughs> and why do you say this, Devon? Well, because uh, the most famous serial killer in Britain... Uh, there's two. There's... Um, oh, fuck. Dennis something. I forget his fucking surname. It was Dennis something. He used to... Uh, um, he targeted gay people, so therefore no one gave a shit. And uh, he also had the Yorkshire Ripper, where... The victims were blamed as opposed to the bloke doing the killing because the police were assholes. Yep, yep. Um, my dad got profiled as the Yorkshire Ripper oh, at uh, sake. multiple and, occasions. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, Rick. Uh, well, every t- every was... time I bring up the Yorkshire Ripper, it's like textbook. Yeah. We get the same I mean, anecdote to... from you. It's so funny. Sorry, go on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he was driving around with a mustache with a woman, and uh, that uh, that fit the mo. So, <laughs> turns out the guy didn't have a mustache; he was just described as having one. He had a beard, dude. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. But but yeah, yeah um, my dad was just a dude with a mustache. <laughs> well, it was kind of fucked up, and they go through this in one of the documentaries I watched, where um, there was a curfew saying women shouldn't be allowed to uh, be out at a certain time after a certain time of night. To which a bunch of women said, and quite rightly, well, no, women aren't the problem. Men are the problem. Men shouldn't be allowed out. Because, you know, technically yeah, they're correct. Yeah. It is... Well, to be fair, they didn't know. No, wait, they did. They found... It was a sexual crime, so they found evidence. So therefore, they knew it was a man doing it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a part of me that... um, I remember watching it. There's a part of me that was going... Well, no, don't do that, because I was like, I am a man, and I would be infringed upon. And then I realised, oh, hang on, I'm not living in those times. And also, there are women literally being murdered. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, also, also, yeah, that's the point of uh, the outrage, like, (laughs) when it gets directed at you, uh, that's that's what you should be feeling all the time. Why do we keep bringing up these uh, these difference in uh, in sexes? Because, well, fundamentally, throughout this film, as you've seen, um, Clarice is constantly getting belittled and isolated in this male-dominated field. Hmm. I assume that's because the body is so bloated and horrible that it stinks up the room. I don't know. Yeah, so they're uh, numbing their senses of smells. And him being a coroner means he's used to these smells and therefore doesn't need to do it? I don't know. I'm just making guesses. Mm Mm-hmm.
I'll go on record as saying this, Rick. I never ever want to be in the room with a body of a murder victim. No, me either. Um, it's bad enough seeing a regular dead body. Well, I've never had the misfortune. Well, okay. Not a human dead body, anyway. Yeah, yeah. See, that's always one of the most fucked up things. It's, it's a detail they add in films and movies that you don't really think about, where, like, the desperation of trying to get out of whatever scenario they were in. Yeah, signs of struggle for uh, the thing that caused your death, yeah. Well, you'll see what exactly caused that once you see what Buffalo Bill does to that other girl. Yeah. Okay, but, like, fuck that guy for a second, because... I guess he was just trying to provide an explanation, maybe, but at the same time, you're cops. You know you got to do a second... You know, find out what exactly it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why the butterfly motif on the uh, movie poster. What if I told you, Rick, that that's not a butterfly? Or a moth. There we go. <laughs> Cicada. It's It's a moth, you're right. Uh, sorry, I was being overly dickish, don't worry. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was one thing where um, I read somewhere that the moths they used for this film were treated basically like celebrities, in that they had their own fucking trailer. <laughs> And they were just kept in it <laughs> in the most ideal circumstance for that breed of moth. <laughs> kind of funny, though. I like how Crawford is put, making a point of saying, look, I, I, I realise it rubs you the wrong way. I'm not going to say sorry, but... Just know there was a reason for it, then it wasn't to exclude you. Yep, yep. Um, apparently to get the... You know the distinct pattern of the moth on the mouth on Silence of the Lambs posters? Yeah. Apparently the moths were given <laughs> little coats to make them look like that. Okay. <laughs> kind of cute. Oh, fuck's sake, I hate that. 
Man, you gotta love. I I love nerds. Do you know what I mean? That are okay. Yeah, yeah. Like they, they, they don't care that it was from murder. They can tell you what it is. <laughs> I I was gonna, this might sound unflattering, but I love people with light autism, <laughs> where their their functional. Oh, this is gonna sound awful. When I'm sorry, this sound comes off bad. They're functional socially, just enough that you can have a conversation with them. But they're super hyper fixated on something like I don't know bugs. Yeah, they're just wikis, walking wikis. That's low key kind of cute. Yeah, to a degree. It's cute. It would be cuter if it wasn't in this specific circumstance. Hmm. Oh, don't. I can't. Flapping the fucking bug wings freak me out. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like the bad ASMR that we like to talk about so often. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah, it just it's, it gave me a tingle as well. Right up my spine. That looks like Yoda. Well, I just had an unfortunate fucking coincidence of a spider crawling next to me that I had to silently not freak out while I killed it. <laughs> you know what I'm like, man. Poor little bugger. Poor little bugger. He made the mistake of entering your field of vision. No, but for real, I, I can live and let live if they're not within touching distance. Yes. I'm also going to have to w fucking wash the shirt that I killed him with. Because, you know, I can't touch them. <laughs> there has to be a buffer. Yeah, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yep. Yeah. Um... Uh... Similarly, whenever I kill a fly, it has to be with something solid. So yeah, one of the reasons why this case suddenly gets bumped up the urgency register is because, oh fuck, Buffalo Bill kidnapped the daughter of a senator. Yeah, if she was nobody, then she would stay nobody. Yeah. They wouldn't report this until after she came back up as a victim. Hmm. What a fucking... Ridiculous attempt to negotiate for um, a release. And also, how fucking dare you do this heartfelt plea because it's your... You're involved now. You didn't give a shit when it was other women. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a clue there. She was the Republican senator. Well, alright. To be fair, any political... <laughs> <laughs> Anybody political could have done something like this with any of the other victims. Anyone who rises to the... Uh, the... Yep, yep. 
But for real though, like that really fucking grinds my gears. Here's this heartfelt plea because it's my daughter. Fuck everyone else's daughter that's already been yep. fucking killed by this monster. Mm-hmm. Notice how this doctor said it's my patient, I have rights. Not Lecter though. Oh yeah, and he doesn't, yeah. <laughs> he's a piece of meat. He's uh He's a frog to be dissected. I like how there's a bit of a look on Lecter's face there as if to say, oh fuck, I'm actually getting off of this. You guys are idiots. Yep. So it's very firmly so, um, gone. So even with his help, if they fail, then he still doesn't get anything. But uh, it's up to him to make the gamble at this point now. Specifically, it's t to save the, the senator's daughter. Yep. Which yep. Uh, implies to the audience, and I think outright gets stated later on, that this entire idea was the senator's. Yes. Man, yeah, quid pro quo was the other uh, the big quote. Outright going against what Jack said here, by the way. For like the fifth time mm -hmm. in the movie. <laughs> yeah. I've just realised why um, Hannibal Lecter has a lot less screen time than uh, than you think he does. Because I think they count screen time as literally when he's on screen. Despite the fact he's conversing with uh, Sterling right now. Like, half yeah. of it is focusing yeah, on Jodie Foster's face. So even when he's speaking, like half the time he's it's not focusing on his face, yeah. Oh, oh, <laughs> technically correct, but mm. it drives me nuts. 
All right. Okay. That might be what the issue is with this film is the the, the lexicon has changed. You don't say transsexual anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because they've uh, divide the um, linguistic divide between gender and sexes has happened. Well, it's also because transsexual implies that it's a sexual thing when it's not. As in, you know, it's a fetish and sex thing rather than, no, it's not. It's, I feel this way. It's very hard to describe as someone who's never had any, like, issues with gender because I don't entirely get it, so I can't really talk about it. But clearly people feel that way, so fuck it, whatever, man. Live and let live and all that shit. Mm-hmm. That's a fucking great shot. It is. Okay, so you see what I mean where um, Hannibal Lecter straight up says that Buffalo Bill isn't trans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, th- like, back then there was only... There's only three centers. Yeah. It's an interesting take. Yeah. I think one of the most fucked up things about the Buffalo Bill scenes is how well he treats his dog. Yeah. It's one of those um, tropes of one of the more ho- most horrifying photos of Hitler is him just walking with a kid and smiling. I suppose. It's a bit different than seeing someone treat a human as if they're an object directly while also cuddling a puppy. Like, I, I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, it, it's like, people don't yeah. like to be reminded that Hitler was also human. But, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this is her survival. She doesn't know that this is her survival technique. However, it's very much her survival technique. Be more human and be more difficult to... Uh, so I don't know if you caught that, what you just saw in the walls of the well. Uh, Not really. I saw the, uh, well, I saw the um, bloody finger marks of other people having tried to escape. Bloody finger marks and a fingernail. And that woman from earlier was missing uh, missing fingernails and had dirt under her nails that weren't missing. Yeah. There we go.
thing is, Hannibal's basically a uh, a walking line detector. As far as he is aware, either he knows that Clarice was trying to deceive him, or he's under the impression that um, she's been deceived and he doesn't care and he's still doing it on his own. Yeah, I think it's implied that Clarice didn't know the deal was bogus. Yeah. So, she's saying it in good faith, and he's throwing her a bone based on her good faith and respect. So it's a, there's an unnecessary level of um, brutality inflicted on Lecter. Like, yeah, he's a prisoner, but you still have a duty of care. Yeah, like, you could see with them, with them having crushed his nose with that uh, mouth guard that they had. So, uh, we sort of talked over it, but it was Jack's idea to offer the fake deal. Sure. There we go, there's the iconic here visual. We have the mask. Yeah. Can you guess where the pen went, Rick? Yep. It's now a uh, impending murder weapon. Right, at this point onwards in the movie... Uh, Hannibal gets to that area where I call annoyingly smart. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when um, I get, it, it's played better, I assume. But like when you see an old episode of Batman and he works out the Riddler's thing from like some shitty bullshit clue. Man, the old 70s or 60s, the Adam West Batman was the funniest for that. Because Riddler would phone up Batman, give him a riddle, and Batman would answer it in two seconds. It was dumb. (laughs) Yeah, and then would have to explain it to the viewers. A transient, indeed. Yeah, it's basically a polite way of saying a hobo. Or, you know, someone who 
Yeah. Surf's couches. Mm-hmm. See, I never noticed it in previous viewings, but um, noticed how he's a bit muffled as he talks. Yeah, because his, uh, his nose is covered. Uh, it's because he's got a pen in his mouth. Oh, yeah, okay. Because that's where it is, okay. Uh, slight spoiler, Rick, but you're already kind of sus that you had the pen on him. Yeah. Gee, I wonder what this guy's gimmick is, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's uh he's doing his best to um make himself into a, a Hannibal victim in future, really, isn't he? <laughs> Like, I've got to be absolutely honest with you, like, Dr. Chilton does look like a discount Willem Dafoe. <laughs> he does a bit, yeah. It's been bothering me all film, because he looked like someone, and I'm like, he does look a bit like Willem. <laughs> God. I just had a, um, a, small, a small skip. Is it uh, 106 just happened, yeah? Uh, 106 just gone. We're on 106.10 now. Um, I do like how Clarice is uh, clever enough to suss that Lecter might be lying, so he's trying to anagram the name. Sure, yeah, because she anagrammed before. That's how she got the um the storage locker. Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm three seconds behind. Um, my internet just decided that it was going to pause on my behalf. Yeah, it takes a fucking shit. So uh, I I'm just going to have to deal with it because there's no way I'm going to be able to finesse three seconds in this. You know, now we actually get a scene with Hannibal behind bars, you can see why they went for glass for most of it. Yeah, yeah. Because he's a lot more in control of his little room than he is of this uh, this cage. I mean, he's got books. Yeah. Bold so I you. guess that's where Hello Clarice came from. Yeah, people. I don't know why people Darth Vader that, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyone doing an impression of, of Hannibal Lecter will go Hello Clarice, which is a line he says, but he says it in Hannibal, which came out ten years after sure. this. <laughs> oh, it's doing it again. Oh dear, fuck. Worst possible time to do it, like. Couldn't we have done it during one of the establishing shots that takes like 10 seconds? Yeah, oh, I mean, I'm, I'm going to keep rolling because at the very least I can talk to you still. But we can't reset when we're an hour and a half, uh, an hour and 10 into the film. Damn near. Yeah, yeah. 
We're on um, uh, 108, yeah. exactly. I'm just going to do a quick refresh. Well, you tell me when you're ready to reset. Um, at the moment, uh, Hannibal... This is really bogging me because it's during a Hannibal scene. Yeah, it's bothering me as well. Oh! You ready for a timestamp, or...? Uh, no, it's, uh, it's refusing to load. Well, for the last 50 minutes of the film, guys, it's just going to be me um, <laughs> watching, trying to sure, describe so, things um, to Rick, which sucks. So it's uh, it's giving me it at 107.29, so... Uh, cool, we're on 108, 108.40. 108.45. 108.50. 108.55. Uh, 109.03, I've got... Okay, well, I'll tell you when we're on 109 and you press play then. Uh, now. There we are. Yeah. There we are. You're like one or two seconds ahead of me, but... Um, they're trying to, um, uh, St Starling said, um, your anagrams are showing, and Lecter's like, blah, 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 and now they're trying to uncover what Buffalo Bill's motive is, or rather, Lecter's kind of taunting the fact that, I know what it is, can you guess what it is? Yeah, yeah. And they're do still doing quid, quid pro quo again. Mm-hmm. That's another one of the establishing shots, really, isn't it? It really is, man. Yeah. Um, we're going to get the title drop in about uh, uh, after the, with this story. Sure. We're being quiet because this scene demands it. Yeah, yeah. Having worked with sheep, the noise some of them can make are terrifying. Hmm. This is weirdly the uh, the origin story of a lot of people's vegetarianism, is they see an animal getting killed for meat, and then they go, I don't ever want to participate in this. Yep, yep. Makes sense that they were just about to be slaughtered. Yeah. That's as fat as he's ever going to get. Grim, but true. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing my best to uh, keep my eyes open for as long as Anthony Hopkins does, and it's difficult. Yeah. Oh, it's weird how one single touch can be creepy, ain't it? It is, yeah. Um, We didn't get the title drop. I thought that's where we got it. I could have sworn at some point in this film, and I could have sworn it was that moment, uh, Lecter just goes, are your lambs silent, Clarice? But uh, either that yeah. happens later, or I made it up. <laughs> Maybe I got Darth Vader, but with you a different have... line. <laughs> yeah. You might have Vader yourself. <laughs> I hope we can uh, yeah, coin so that as a the, scream the screaming of the lambs. <laughs> you got vaded. Normally that means getting choked from afar. So, Or your hand chopped <laughs> off or chopping off someone's hand. There's a lot of things Vader's known for. <laughs> or being an absolute drama queen and then... <laughs> well, like, I think the best one is in the comics where he's levitating a TIE fighter while standing on top of it. And someone points out there's no wind in space, so his cape flushing is just him doing it with the force because he's a melodramatic bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's still some Anakin in there. <laughs> See? Yeah, so his um, his voice wasn't as muffled this time because he has other things in his cell mm -hmm. and he was able to, I, I, I assume, eject the pen. <laughs> well, I, I, I say pen. I believe he's only got the nib. Yeah, okay. Which you can see tucked in his finger. They zoomed in on it just helpfully for you. Yeah, yeah.
an attentive officer would have seen the uh, the nib. He's got his fist closed. Sure. Apparently, once you've learned how to pick a lock, it's actually really fucking easy. Now, is this guy signing his own death warrant by getting close? Or is he um, ensuring his potential survival by being respectful of the drawings? It it really does depend. Um, Like, I, I believe that... The more respect you show and the more courtesy you show, the less likely Lecter's going to be to have a grudge against you. However, he's very close, so... So he's the one that... uh, Yep. (laughs) The one who respected the drawings is the one that survives. Uh, I don't think he survives. I think he just gets a cleaner death. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he gets the bonk. You can just you can just see it in his uh, body language of, oh, I missed this. Just the catharsis of being able to kill again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you've not seen how Lecter actually escapes, um, you're in for a treat, because I think it's quite, uh, quite a clever one. A bullshit one that wouldn't work in real life, but clever nonetheless. Hmm. So as you can see, the dude he kind of liked, he just bashed his skull in and that's it, but the other guy is horribly mutilated at this point, and probably in an agonising amount of pain. Yup. He ate his cheek and everything. So, you've seen one episode of Hannibal the series with Mads Mikkelsen. Can you already see how different he made the character? Yes. Yes, yes. Um... However, they both have the aura of control. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It feels like Mads Mikkelsen's Hannibal is more of an observer um, from what I've seen. But but, but I'm assuming partially that's because he can afford to be within the confines of uh, the show as it was presented. Yeah. I think I told you already that um, Mads Mikkelsen's intent with Hannibal was to make him a devil and not human. Yes. Uh, yes. Obviously he is Um, human. Treat him as a different species, yeah. Yeah. Like, so foreign you can't possibly empathise with him. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, is kind of important with these, because as as we've touched on it before, um, it's quite often um, too easy to empathise with a villain when they are very definitely not the anti-hero that some people treat them as. Yeah, I think the problem here is um, Hannibal Lecter clearly has a soft spot for Clarice, and he does help her quite a bit more than yes. you would expect him to, and therefore, it's um, I-, I can see why some people might mistakenly go, oh, he's not that bad, but like 
you see a scene like this, this revelation we're about to see, and go, how the fuck can you think this guy is anything resembling good? Yep, yep. How can you see this revelation and be like, oh, he's an anti-hero? No, he's a villain. Fuck off. <laughs> he's an entertaining and an interesting villain, but a villain nonetheless. Mm. Like, as much as you might uh, might go, all cops are bastards, like, <laughs> these ones were just doing the job. Yeah, no, the, no, they didn't deserve this. God damn. That is actually a very important thing you get taught when you do first aid. It's like it doesn't matter what state the um the um injured is in, you always talk to them. Yep, yep. Yeah, use their names. Um if you can, use names of their loved ones. Well, okay, if you're a first aider, chances are you're not gonna know that. Yeah, you're not going to know that, but like if you're um if you know a thing or two about it, like um if if one of the loved ones is there, um the first aider who can actually get, you know, direct access can say, "Oh, Billy's here. Billy's Billy's here with you. I'm just going to do this for you. Billy's here with you." That's 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 fine. I was always taught um um it's bollocks. Uh you just talk bollocks as long as you're talking. Sure. Sure, sure. I don't think you're going to expect this reveal we're going to get to. Pretty good way to... Uh, I, th I think I am now, yeah. He's uh, a face walker. Okay, I don't care what scenario you're in, random blood dripping from the ceiling would be terrifying, even more so if you're in a fucking elevator. Yep. <laughs> random blood from anywhere is terrifying. Uh, it doesn't help when you realise it's just coming from your nose and like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, but at least you know where it's from as soon as you realise it. I've got this fun thing that when I fucking bleed from my nose, it gushes, so therefore I never have that problem of going, where's that blood coming from? Oh, it's my nose. <laughs> yeah, um, mine just kind of starts, and like I'm aware that it started, and I'm aware that something wrong, and then suddenly, oh, okay, that's what. <laughs> I'm feeling all skewed because of talking about nosebleeds, and not because of the actual blood on screen. <laughs> <laughs> That bothers me. Like, at this point, why would you... At this point, as a commander, I would abandon bringing him in alive. 
He has already shown that he is unwilling to help with your current issues. Yeah. So why bother? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's very def- Like, modern police would not give him the chance to surrender. I, I doubt police in the 90s would, but this is fiction, so you know. Sure. That is the smallest, most adorable ladder. <laughs> step ladder. Help me, step ladder. <laughs> Are we not doing the Phoenix Wright step ladder gag? No, because I fucking hate it. <laughs> it's it was funny like the first time, <laughs> but then it became a ran- it became a running gag, so I hated it. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't he keep the ambulance? Uh, he uses it. He he, he dumps it. I could have sworn he uses it for a while. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. He uses it for a while, but he dumps it. Yeah. Clarice is one of the few people who fucking gets it. Yeah, that he would consider it rude, like um, getting Spider-Manned and um, was basically her key to uh, Hannibal's respect, really, wasn't it, I believe. Mm. Well, okay, this is something you learn later on, but Hannibal has a weird fucked up thing for her as well, uh, as, uh, you know, like, yeah, he respects her, but he's, okay. I don't think they go into this in the films, but she looks a lot like his sister. So that's what. Sure. Uh, so that assists in the uh, in the rapport. But again, I don't think they go into that. I think that's okay. a, I okay. think that's a weird book thing. No offense to the author, I've not read the book. <laughs> Speaking of the author, apparently he quite liked this ad- adaptation. So good stuff. Yeah. Well, usually you get authors when their shit gets adapted, all they do is bitch about it. But I think the author of uh, the Hannibal Lecter books and Stephen King as well, the only two who I feel like don't bitch about it. Sure. That's almost always the case with fucking serial killers, man. The first victim is someone yeah. easy, the first someone one is close. Someone that they knew, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is why when you get people who just that's fucking almost... randomly lash out, that's way harder to solve. Yeah, yeah. Someone going postal just decides, oh yeah, I want to go to some school, any school, and shoot it up. I wasn't going to use that particular type of thing as an example, but yeah, sure. Yeah. Usually school shooters target their own school because they've been mostly bullied and no one's done anything. Well, for yeah, years. usually 
Yeah, and uh, usually it's while they're still at the school, so, you know. Yeah. But sometimes you get someone, people like Dunblane, who just go to a school just to do as much murder as they can. That was the one in Scotland, wasn't it? I believe so. It's the reason why we had a gun ban in the UK. Yeah, but again, guess what? It fucking worked. Yeah. Guns yeah. aren't even illegal here. We banned automatic weapons, and you can get a pistol or a rifle as long as you go through the proper channels. Yeah, and it's a lot easier if you are a landowner. Well, yeah. But, like, if you're a farmer and don't have two shotguns, what the fuck are you doing with your life? <laughs> Inviting foxes. <laughs> well, again, there is a law that, uh, hey, guess, why do you keep your dogs on leads in countrysides? Well, I'll tell you. If your dog goes into a field and terrorises a bunch of sheep, the farm owner is well within his rights to kill your dog. Um, what will happen is, is he will usually get a rifle, he will usually shoot the dog from far away, and then he will leave the dog where it is, so when the police turn up, he can say, this is my field, these are my sheep, this is where the dog was when I shot it. Yep. But and you... if you remove the dog, you're interview in interfering with the scene of the crime. Uh, keep your dog on a fucking lead, Which... guys, it's not hard. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, oh, but my dog wants to run about. Cool, you have those extendable leads. It's really not a problem. Mm-hmm. If a farmer sees a dog and it's clearly got a lead on, the farmer will probably come out and just shout at you rather than shoot your dog. Yeah. I mean, if you've got a, um, a big enough field that's empty, the farmer probably won't care that much. If the field is full of other animals, then you shouldn't be letting anything free. Yeah. To be fair, sometimes that's the farmer's fault because they don't properly mark where there's a, a field for livestock and where's just... Ah, um, oh, what's the name? We've got a fucking but name for it. Uh, public right of way. That's it. But then you also get like, stories technically of technically part of our back garden is. <laughs> well, that's the thing is you got this really weird issue where some farmers have problems with to random tourists going up to their door and knocking on it and being like, "Oh, so what's this about?" It's like I live here. Fuck off. But at the same time, they don't properly yeah. signpost shit. <laughs> yeah. So. According to the map, part of our garden is technically public right-of-way. Um, however, there is a pathway right next to it. So only we've only had it happen like twice, where someone has like wanted to go the public right-of-way way, and it must be some super autist, because like literally, yeah, you can just... Six feet to the right, and you've got a fucking regular path. Yeah, it's someone who knows something. It's someone who knows the rule and wants to be like, look what I can do and you can't do nothing about it. Yeah, yeah. Man, how the fuck did we get on this? <laughs> Clarice is investigating someone's house, <laughs> so therefore we had to talk bollocks for five minutes. <laughs> And this is the father of the first victim, right? I believe so. First victim, third found. Yep.
Like, it was a bit of a weird um, thing to jump on with uh, with Starling going. Oh, uh, that's only four hundred miles. I'll be there in. We'll be there in forty five minutes, Starling. Like seriously, we've got this. Yeah, yeah, it is a uh, <laughs> bit of a weird one because yeah, four four hundred miles. Yeah, you're not gonna do that in an hour. But even if you were going a hundred miles per hour, something you would not be able to do consistently, it would take you four hours. <laughs> Something you definitely can't do consistently these days. It's a weird thing in America, though. You're expected to go over the speed limit a certain amount. That's dumb. Yeah. This Um, is also an iconic scene, by the way. Yes, it is. You will get stopped if you are doing less than the speed limit. Or even if you're doing exactly the speed limit, you'll be uh, under suspicion. That's stupid. Yes. It's actually an ingenious thing to do. What, to try and uh, lure the dog? I mean, specifically tying a bone and then also tying the bucket so you've actually made a proper trap. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't deal with nipple piercings, bro. Not me either. Now, speaking of limited screen time, even Buffalo Bill doesn't get that much screen time. Yeah. Like, for, for a main villain, he's, like, basically only showed up to uh, to capture her and say it puts the lotion on the skin. That's I, pretty much it. I honestly feel like, despite being the goal to capture him, he's the secondary antagonist behind Lecter. Oh, Definitely. I don't think the angle would actually work for that, but, you know. Have you never seen that scene taken the piss out of? Because it's been parodied so many times of, would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. Yes, yes, definitely. I've definitely seen that in the past. Oh, he's already got the fanny suit on. Oh, he's just tucking. Either that or he's, oh, he's tucking. Okay, he's just tucking. How old were you when you discovered that trick? Because <laughs> I think every bloke's done it at least <laughs> once in their life, right? <laughs> well, yeah, you, you try it after you find it out, yeah. <laughs> like, they even did it in, um, in, uh, fuck, what was it called? That fucking coming of that cartoon that takes a piss out of puberty. Oh, um, um, 
Big mouth. Oh, that's yeah, that's it. Uh, what's his name? Like, Jay does it in the locker room. He holds two basketballs while tucking. Yeah. It's, 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 just, it's <laughs> like, oh, that's like peak teenage humour. <laughs> that's really weird, isn't it? Like, having your name be Jame and not James. Yeah, just a singular Jame. Although that's the kind of thing where a lot of the time you will have a parent naming a child and just change the name from the regular form just to make the child interesting and unique. Yeah, like having your name be Rick but without a K. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, that was... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking the piss, mate. That's also normal. Oh. Yeah, yeah. There's no K in Richard. Yeah. Oh god damn, I hate scenes like that. I did re I did realize recently that uh, if you um if you assemble our names as in the parts that you normally miss out when you shorten them, you end up with hard on. Oh okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so here's a real fucked up like um, thing that happened to me the first time I watched this film that made me actually hate myself for a minute. Because when I saw this for the first time, I went, no, please don't hurt the dog. And then for it took me two seconds to go, man, that's a fucked up thing to think. Because look at the position she's in. Mm, mm. Like, I actually had to take myself out of the film for a minute and be like, I cared more about the dog getting hurt than this fucked up scenario this woman's in. Yep, yep. Care more about the dog than the human. Nah, nah. Fuck the dog. It's a trick that people that <laughs> filmmakers use all the time because we're so desensitized to shit happening to people that they have to hurt dogs or cats or animals because it has a general primal reaction to most people to be like, no, don't hurt the puppy. Yeah, it's why kick the dog is a trope. Yeah, or it's a much more um, downplayed version. Poke the poodle. <laughs> Damn. It's a, it's a real good switcheroo, isn't it, Rick? Yeah, it is, isn't it? Were you uh, were you expecting that? I was do I, I was really silent for a long period there because I didn't want to spoil it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't expecting it at all. Yeah, and I like how Jack is smart enough to immediately connect the dots. Hmm.
this is where uh, I guess the uh, check the corners thing comes in. It, it might. There's a real fucking cool thing they do with camera angles in this in this final sequence. I'll, I'll say that much. Uh, if my wires aren't getting crossed, because I might be confusing it with some of the other Hannibal Lecter films. Yeah, yeah. Man, it's just so wild, isn't it? Because a lot of the threats in this film are almost completely null and voided by modern technology. Yes. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's, it's a real problem that writers have these days, that problems like if a plot can be solved by solved by a mobile phone and a glock yeah like if mobile phones existed granted there'd be a lot of differences before now but very specifically um she would have gotten a phone call now from jack crawford saying you're in trouble clarice yep get out of there thankfully clarice is very clever and she's putting clues together as she looks around the room Mm. Like she's seen the death head moth. Mm-hmm. She might not know that it is a death head moth. Uh, she does. She's she recognizes the pattern. Sure. Because uh, in this, they've got that distinctive skull on their uh, sort of. It's not their abdomen. It's the uh, above the abdomen. Sure, sure. The thorax. That's it. It's the it's the bit of the body the wings are connected to. I like how he just goes whoop, 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 whoop. It, it is it is very Zoidberg isn't it <laughs> <laughs> that's a detail I love as well is uh, shrugging off your coat because you don't want it to catch on anything yeah <laughs> okay this is going to sound dumb it's the same logic as every single Jedi jewel oh yeah you take, <laughs> you take your coat off <laughs> <laughs> just so they can't grab it with their hand and yank you down while you're trying to do a backflip. Meanwhile, you've got fucking Cad Bane wearing his poncho, not giving a fuck. Yeah, like, if he could avoid taking his hat off, he would. I mean, he had his hat on when he took down Hunter, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's less that he takes his hat off, and sometimes he loses it in a fight. Oh, every single time he fights a Jedi, it comes off. <laughs> and he fucking hates yep. it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I still can't get my head around it. I'm just zoidberging away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having to uh, decrease the tension by uh, mentally playing some spy music. I mean, we're gonna get that. Um, we're gonna get that cool camera angle thing I was talking about in a minute. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Now, Clarice quite literally saved that woman's life because he was ready to cap her. Yeah, he was.
Very clever thing, closing the doors. All right, I appreciate you're in a very yeah. tense scenario here, girl, but uh, there is a serial killer on the loose up here with me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Now would be a good time to have a mobile phone and call for backup. Yeah, I, I I can't blame her for freaking out, but you know. She, uh, Clarice has handled this way better than I would. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would. Um, I I would not have patience with this woman. No, no. But yes, she's in the worst situation she's been in her life. Now, that's a clever thing to say, isn't it? To freak out Bill. Yep. Uh, because he's obviously listening. Yeah. Uh, that being said, Jack Crawford does know she's here. So the saving grace is, even if she does fuck up, Bill will get caught. Yeah. Again, the bollocks on Clarice. Yeah. Do the moths also feed on the remaining corpse meat that he has? I don't believe so, no. He doesn't keep any of it. He uses it to make his suit, and then he dumps the rest of the body. That's why the body's got found. Yeah, yeah. It's just he could have taken some meat with it as well, that's all. Nah, eating things is, uh, is, uh, is to, Hannibal's uh... deal. Yeah, yeah. But it wouldn't be him eating it, it'd be feeding it to those moths, but oh well, yeah, he's just he just cares for the moths, gives them honey and all that. Fair enough. Yeah. We're doing our best to keep talking, because again, this is a really tense scene. <laughs> okay. Ah, his night vision goggles have come back. Here's the camera angle thing I was talking to you about. It's really cool. You might have seen this parody to death as well. Uh, this camera angle being used in uh, in piss take scenes. Maybe. Right, Buffalo Bill is uh, is very scampery. Hmm. It's uh it's hard to appreciate that uh, pitch blackness is. Fucking scary. It is. Again, solved by mobile phone. You just have your torch. She is an FBI agent. She should have a torch. Yeah, it might be in a coat that she shed. Could be, could be. Usually it's stored on your belt, but I'll I'll give it a pass. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'll just say it, I really do appreciate a protagonist actually being scared. Like, her yes. gun is shaking. My days, the fucking acting, like, she looks like she can't see anything. Yeah, absolutely. 
I don't think Bill's ever shot anyone. No, because he wants the he wants a whole skin. He doesn't want a, a skin with a hole. Yeah. That's why there's very specific cuts in the back. Meanwhile, Clarice has shot every day of her life since training to be an FBI yes. agent, and it fucking shows. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations, Clarice, you won. Man, look at that classic serial killer shit, even yeah. keeping the clippings from his newspaper articles. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> ego surfing at its finest. Mm hmm, mm hmm. Okay, here's the thing. I'm glad she's okay. I'm also glad that she doesn't hurt the dog because it would be rather easy to take out your anger on the dog, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the dog doesn't know that its, um, that it's owner is a piece of shit because, like... Every dog deals with uh, things being killed to feed it. I guess. Like, the dog's not going to care that the, that the things that are dead nearby are human. I guess. That cake looks shit. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's my take. Like, good job on the icing job, don't get me wrong, but the actual cake looks like it would taste like shit. Yeah, <laughs> cardboard cake. It looked both too dry and too wet. Mmm. Like, the cake itself was too dry and, like, every all the fondant was just, like, too slack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Can you tell who it's going to be? Yeah, there we go. Have the lamb stop screaming. It's probably the nicest thing he's ever he's ever said to someone. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to call on you. The world is more interesting with you in it, yeah. That's also a classic line, is I'm having an old friend for dinner as he's looking at fucking uh, the doctor that's been tormenting him for eight years. Yes, 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 yes. To be fair, to put him in a suit, give him some glasses and a hat, he is kind of unrecognisable as the monster behind the bars. 
Yeah, and a wig. I don't think that's well, a wig. a wig or grow his hair out. <laughs> I don't think that's a wig. I don't think he's grown his hair out. I think it's someone else's scalp. Yeah, someone else's hair. Yeah, someone else's hair. Yeah, hairline, yeah. <laughs> and to be honest, that's got to be one of the most sinister closing shots, given the implication. That uh, at the end of all of this, yep. Lecter is now he's out now in the free. world. Exactly, man. Yes, a uh, a worse and more uh, intelligent uh, killer is now back on the loose. Yeah, the only um, the only saving grace is, of course, that um, he has an agenda for now, uh, which means most people yep, yep. are probably safe. Yep. yep. Uh, I do wish films did this more often. Uh, it's something they don't seem to do anymore. They seem to do the cast list based on importance of the actor as opposed to in order of appearance. Yes, 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 yes. Sir. So as you can see, Anthony Hopkins didn't so show up until like almost you do it by... a quarter of the way through. <laughs> yeah, when you do it by order of appearance, like you can kind of pinpoint somewhere in the list. It also feels fairer. Oh yeah, totally. Because uh, otherwise you've got um, bullshit actor politics. Yeah. Fucking Marvel and Star Wars and pretty much anything made by Disney. Yep. <laughs> Disney's not the only culprit, it's just the first one I can think of. You know? Uh, so, Rick, you're probably already aware of this, but this film won so many awards. <laughs> Yeah, and I can imagine. Um, and when the other films came out, like Red Dragon obviously being the first, um, people that had seen this um, were were basically going, "Why bother with another film that like the 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 first one was perfect?" Uh, Red Dragon was not uh, knowing that you know Red Dragon was meant to be a prequel, even though Red Dragon came out after Hannibal, which is the sequel to this. Um. So it goes, okay. it goes Silence of the Lambs, and then it goes Hannibal, which is the sequel. Then it goes Red Dragon, which is the prequel, and then it goes to Hannibal Rising, which is the super mega prequel. There, they go, Moth Wrangler and Stylist. What a title! Sure. Because <laughs> they had to one look after the moths, and two make the moths look good enough for production. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure I read somewhere mm, they were mm. given a little coats to give them the pattern that they needed, but I don't quote me on it. Okay, sorry, assistant yeah, moth yeah. wrangler and stylist. <laughs> <laughs> assistant moth wrangler, uh, man, how what a massive uh, just piece of trivia just to drop on people at a dinner party. I was the assistant moth wrangler for Silence of the Lambs. To which everyone at the, at the party goes, what the fuck, Silence of the Lambs? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're old enough to be that person, the people that you're having dinner with are probably old enough to know about the uh, about things that happened before the 90s. 91, man. Just saying. Yep. Okay, okay. I, it, I've watched it because I, I know it's a classic, basically. I think this is one of the few horror films that has earned that title. Yeah. Well, fuck me. Uh, and it's um, 
There's a lot of... Uh, sorry. I was okay. gonna, go on, you go ahead. I was going to say, and it's not because it's like pure horror either. It's um, it's more the psychological aspect. The the violence is kind of off screen for the most part, apart from when Hannibal is doing his escape. Well, again, this got a 15. Um, very important to note, the FBI gets a special credit in this because the FBI helped make this film. Uh, in that you know they gave them research and sure. they t- showed them how to model rooms like FBI rooms. And the reason why the FBI did this wasn't from the kindness of their hearts. It's because they wanted more women to apply. Sure. Okay. So uh, it, 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 it makes it makes sense, right? Here's this film starring a young up and coming FBI agent who happens to be a woman. What better way to get women interested in the uh, FBI? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they also didn't sugarcoat the treatment of women in the FBI in the film. No, so, they really didn't. You know, they really didn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't a puff place. Well, again, I think that's why some people get confused and call Hannibal a bit of an anti-hero when, again, have to stress he isn't. In that, Hannibal and Jack Crawford are the only two characters who treat Clarice with respect, regardless of her gender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That being said, the film's over now. It's been like my fifth or sixth time watching that, and it's never been dull. Uh, it's your first time viewing it, Rick. I'm genuinely curious. What did you think? It was a good movie. Did I enjoy it more than the series? I think I did. Um, and I'm. this has become a very high bar for the rest of the month. But yeah, how about you? What did you think? I, I love this movie. I'll, I'll gladly watch it every Halloween if I could. Um, unfortu- not unfortunately, but I do prefer watching new things as to re-watching old things if I can help it. Um, that being said, almost everyone will agree. So there are outliers. This is the best Anthony Hopkins one. Yes, 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 yes. Even Anthony Hopkins has said that he didn't particularly enjoy Hannibal or Red Dragon. I think they're still great movies, but this is... It doesn't get better than this, in my opinion. Sure, sure, sure. I get you. I get you. And I don't want people to think that I'm shitting on the other two films, because I'm not. I enjoy them thoroughly as well, and you'll hear me gush about them when we watch those. But yeah, do expect a bit of a dip. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That being said, Red Dragon... Be- also benefits from an all-star cast uh red dragon's also weird because we focus on will graham instead of uh, clarice yeah so i think that was another one of the complaints about it because like people wanted just <laughs> the other movie again <laughs> eh, yeah it wouldn't have made sense though because again they were doing the red dragon story and you c- literally couldn't have uh clarice involved in that one yeah because like part of the whole point is it's her first meeting with him in this yeah i, I mean she's a junior fbi agent she gets temporarily made proper fbi for the first interaction she's technically not past her training when she's interacting with Lecter to just give her a bit more uh, credit you know yeah 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 totally uh, that being said we do have to do our usual wind down so you know what that means Rick there's two hours of film to choose from what was your favourite moment I think it was during I think it was during the quid pro quo scene where you got Hannibal entering the shot looking at Clarice but like reflected in the glass I know exactly the moment you're talking about yeah that one that was my favourite individual moment but like specific specifically like the whole quid pro quo interaction. Uh, how about you? What was your favourite moment? Yeah, I absolutely feel it, man. Um, very similar to you. It's it's still the quid pro quo, except it's the basically the second half of that scene way later on in the film where Hannibal Lecter's had a fuck enough and is insisting upon yes. playing the game by his rules and Clarice has to. And we get that epic shot that is 
it feels like they were trying to invoke it with the uh, with our favourite moment from the Hannibal the series where it's constantly cutting between the two faces and Anthony Hopkins has such an intense look on his face the entire time it's fucking chef's kiss yeah I think the only time he raises his voice are when he's calling for Clarice to come back in the opening scene as it were because he's he's decided that he's actually going to help because it would be disrespectful to let the Spider-Man go unanswered and also when he tells Clarice in the cage scene no you play by my rules and even then he drops straight after the no to just you play by my rules now yes it, it sort of becomes a uh, reoccurring theme in Red Dragon it's, it's slightly different but Will Graham is trying to negotiate something and um, he does something to tick Hannibal off and Hamster goes no no you're being rude so now you have to do this for me he doesn't raise his voice though it's just a bit of a there's a little change in his demeanour so you can tell he has actually felt slighted by whatever Will said yeah 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 but yeah it, it, it's a cool theme it'll, it'll come up in Red Dragon but yes we can't only talk about the good we also have to talk about the bad it's going to be difficult because this is a fucking multi-award winner for a reason but Rick can you think of a weakest link for me just general treatment of Clarice like it was really a sign of the times women were part of the workforce since like the 50s and 40s but still not getting respect and it really shows in this thing that was set in the 80s still I get what you're saying however it is a core theme of the film oh totally like it's um it's like still unfortunate implications now well I guess okay here's another one the different understanding of gender issues uh back then which again it was it was the understanding of the time and as you say the director has gone on um record regretting the way that it was handled during this film it's 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 a weird one he regrets the way homosexuality was handled but as far as i'm aware they've never released a statement on uh, transgender issues however i also feel like the transgender stuff was a bit blown out of proportion because yes they make reference to transsexuals which was the accepted term at the time wrongly so but hey ho we've moved past that uh, they also do clarify with Lecter straight up saying that well he's not he's he's got something else mentally wrong with him uh, not to imply that being transgender is a uh, mental deficiency I'm just uh, trying to use the careful words that I can yeah yeah he's um He's divergent in some other way. Yeah, he wants to transform, uh, and he's chosen to choose transforming into a woman, but uh, it's a warped sense of that, you know? Um, and it kind of brings up historical context for how sex reassignment um, used to be looked at, in the sense that I, I believe they said there was only three places that even handled it in the entirety of the US. But yeah, I think that's enough from me on that one. What would be your weakest link? It's hard for me to say a weakest link when, one, the thing is good, and two, it's a piece of media that I genuinely love love and enjoy um <laughs> yes 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 I, I totally agree totally agree um it was difficult for me to pull out something that was a weak link because yeah like like you say it fit together like almost perfectly at a push i think the weak link is limiting it to a 15 right okay however i i it's a weird double-edged sword here because i think the film is perfect and shouldn't be changed however can you consider like, they wouldn't even change much making it an 18 they would just show you more and i feel like you'd run the risk of going Going into like grindhouse territory of of gore, and I don't think like something like I don't think they would gain much by showing more. This is what I'm saying. It would be the exact same movie. It would change nothing. It would just.
just show you more gore and it would it would risk destroying the artistic integrity of the film yeah because the goriest part is the escape scene and if you showed more then you would spoil the twist i disagree i think the goriest scene is when they're investigating the body of victim number one right but um okay okay i can see we oh then again i guess if you count the the gruesome picture that uh that left for the crew as part of the escape scene then yeah i can actually kind of see where you're coming from but it feels more intimate and therefore disturbing when they're examining the body yeah but with the escape scene you know that all of the wounds are fresh and uh it's one of those kind of it's technically story untold in that we see the beginning and we see the results and you just got to fill in the blanks yourself yeah, I mean, I'm not going to argue with you. I think we both have valid points for um, why we think one is perhaps worse than the other. And that's fine. It's kind of what makes this podcast sure. exciting is when we disagree. Uh, when we disagree and I don't shout at you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yes, we have to end the podcast somehow, and we'll, we'll end it in the traditional fashion of uh, our MVP. Uh, there's definitely several several strong contenders. Let's hear it, Rick. I'm picking Jodie Foster, because I think, as Clarice, she um, she performed the role fantastically. You pointed out multiple occasions where um, you could just see the, uh, the pensiveness in um, her demeanour, um, and when you could see, like, when she was acting out the primal fear, but also needing to do the job towards the end like yeah I don't know if I'm sure another actor could have done it but she did it fantastically so why would you even try to replace her yeah Jodie Foster from me so yeah uh, who's going to be your number one your MVP I'm very glad you gave recognition where it was due to, uh, to Jodie Foster because I-, I feel like she always gets overshadowed in, in this film because uh, you know she did a bang up job however uh, like he gets constant recognition for it anyway but I will heap more onto that proverbial pile it's going to be Anthony Hopkins yes yeah Absolutely. He fucking smashed the role every time Hannibal Lecter was on the screen. We even fucking did it. We listened. We stopped talking half the time. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Um, he's very definitely the highlight of the movie. Uh, Bill Burr has a joke about how Anthony Hopkins played a serial killer and he played him so well that he should never be able to act as anything ever again. And yet you see, yeah. <laughs> you, you see him in other things and you don't see a hint of Hannibal Lecter. Anthony Hopkins is... I feel like a benchmark for acting in that I think everyone should aim to be like him. And there's none of this like method acting bullshit. It's like literally a switch. People have described that they go up to Anthony Hopkins with a script. He will read the script and go, yeah, okay. And the director will be like, that's okay. You don't need anything else. It's like, nope. And when he's in front of the camera, he's just... That's it, he's on. Yeah, the interpretation is, um, like, the way that you can interpret a script, sometimes a director will have some very uh, clear notes for how they want, even down to the intonation of certain line reads will go, but a talented actor will be able to infer something from the script. It might not be exactly what the director wants, but they can probably get into the head of the character that they are playing probably just as well. Absolutely. like Hopefully um, better. There's multiple behind-the-scenes trivia of Anthony Hopkins Hopkins just doing things that he felt were correct for the character and that's what they rolled with because again classically trained actors and actors in general probably hate the environment nowadays because they come up with suggestions and directors and writers go no you do it my way you know despite yeah, having yeah. to get themselves involved in the character's mind space and being able to contribute I, w- I was just thinking of um, something else, else about the, um, the characterization it was something that I remember from earlier in uh, in my life as someone consuming media I remember Yardley's 
Smith, uh, Lisa on The Simpsons, was able to essentially browbeat the directors into going, oh no, Lisa wouldn't do this. So yeah, it's a mark of a, a good actor or person doing a filling a role, whether it's a rat actor or a voice actor, that they can get into the he- head of the character better than some stuffed suit. Yeah, exactly, man. Like, the Sebastian Stan thing was breaking enough, and you saying that just reminded me of another voice actor we know and love in Mark Hamill. In mm. another famous example is how Mark Hamill's a fucking professional. He is an actor. He will do what yes. he is told. That is why he performed yes, yes. the way he did in the new uh, Star Wars films and why he, you know, he just did it the way the director and writer said. But he's gone on record as saying multiple times, he said to the directors, this isn't Luke Skywalker. This isn't how he would act. And then the directors and the writers goes, we don't care. That's how you're doing it. And Mark Hamill, being the professional he is, just did it. But if an actor who's been playing a yeah. character for damn near 40 years says, this isn't how the character would act, you should fucking listen to them. Yeah, totally, totally. It's very important that everyone working on a film works together and understands what they're doing. Like, I don't want to throw... Like, not every movie is art. I get it. Some movies are throwaway stuff and just for fun. And that's fine. But if you're working on something and you want to treat it like art, treat it like art. Let people do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, mini ran over. We should probably say goodbye. Um, Pre-edit. This is damn near three hours long, so I hope you guys enjoyed what you've listened to. If you did or didn't, enjoy what you saw we do have the YouTube comment section down below alternatively if you're not watching via YouTube but instead listening via one of our many audio platforms you, you can instead send an email at nonsensereviewuk at gmail.com once again that is nonsensereviewuk at gmail.com join us next week where we find out if we finally get a scathing email or someone singing our praises either way it's sure to be fun thanks for watching guys and we'll see you again next week bye